And hello, my name is Shahada Abdul Rashid. Welcome to the Philadelphia Muslim Oral History Project. This series is a part of In the Path of Islam, a project brought to you by the Free Library of Philadelphia and funded by the Doris Duke Foundation for Islamic Art. This series and project shares and uplifts the voices of Muslims indigenous to Philadelphia and the Delaware Valley. These personal accounts that you're about to hear are unique, probably not written down, and important to be passed on for future generations. Inshallah, God willing, you will enjoy these stories as told by the people who have experienced them. Thank you, and may you be blessed with goodness always. Assalamu alaikum, peace be unto you. My name is Arifah Shaheed, and I have been a part of the Muslim community since 1971, when I received my ex in the Nation of Islam. In 1975, I participated in the historical communal conversion, when members of the Nation of Islam took their shahada to bear witness that there's no God but Allah, and Muhammad ibn Abdullah of 1400 years ago is the messenger of Allah. At that time, temples across the country in the nation of Islam tuned into a telephone hookup with the public address of Imam Wallace D. Muhammad. During that national call, he led the listeners in reciting the Declaration of Faith. With that public declaration, members of the nation of Islam transitioned into al-Islam as prescribed by the Qur'an and actualized in the life of the example of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. This transition initiated a new era of understanding and change for how African-American Muslims would be practicing al-Islam. In 2010, I fulfilled the fifth pillar of the religion by making pilgrimage, which is called Hajj, to Mecca in Saudi Arabia. So how did my journey of becoming a Muslim begin since I was raised a Christian? Well, in 1957, years before I had even heard of the Nation of Islam, I remember federal troops had to escort a little African-American girl named Authoring Lucy to an all-white school because she wanted a quality education. The school that she and the other African-American children were supposed to attend was under-resourced compared to the schools for the white children. So in order to receive a comparable education, her parents sent her to the all-white school, but she was not welcome there. So this scenario and the plight of many other African-American students who struggled for equality of educational opportunities was buried in my psyche for many years. The memories of injustices resurfaced during the Black Awareness, Black Consciousness Movement of the 1960s and peaked in 1968 with the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. When Dr. King was assassinated, I stopped attending my college classes and got involved with the Poor People's Campaign of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. 
Dr. King and Reverend Abernathy had organized the Poor People's Campaign as a human rights issue. This was Dr. King's last human rights initiative before his assassination. The Poor People's Campaign was focused on economic injustice and his objective was to end poverty. So I saw my involvement in the movement as a way of leveling the playing field and helping to right some of the injustices that African-Americans were experiencing. I believe that voting was an important ingredient in achieving human rights. So I went into the inner city housing projects and tried to get people to register to vote. I believe that marching would bring awareness to the issues of injustices and put pressure on the establishment. So I marched. However, I stopped short of going to Washington, D.C. to live in Resurrection City because I needed to get back to college and finish my degree. So after graduating from college with a degree in secondary education, I wanted to teach inner city high school students. However, I was offered a job teaching elementary school students because that school's district did not hire African-American teachers directly into their high school. If you were African-American, you had to start teaching elementary school and work your way up to teaching in the high school. But this was an injustice to me. It would also have been an injustice to the students if I had taken that position. I had a degree in secondary education and not elementary education. My education and training did not include the nuances of educating elementary school children. I received another job offer, and this offer was from predominantly white suburban school district. They offered me a job teaching in one of their secondary schools. However, because of my heightened awareness of the need for African-Americans to help other African-Americans, along with my awareness of how the establishment downplayed the talents of African-Americans, I refused both of these job offers. So now with a degree, a college degree in hand, and no job offer that was acceptable to me, I was relieved when New Jersey opened alternative schools. One of my students was a member of the Nation of Islam talked freely about the nation. I even incorporated materials from the Muhammad Speaks newspaper into some of the English lessons I taught. I also started hearing the message of the Nation of Islam from a community member who frequented the Black Culture Center where I was immersed in the Black arts and culture movement. The Nation of Islam's message of do for self, nation building, respect yourself, Respect your women, respect your men, live a clean life, stop poisoning your body with unhealthy food, alcohol, and drugs permeated my environment. The Nation of Islam's tagline of freedom, justice, and equality for African Americans was unforgettable, especially as injustices continually played out in society. I vividly remembered authoring Lucy's plight in trying to receive a quality education. I remembered my mother going to the administrators of an elementary school I was going to attend and informing the powers to be that she didn't expect to have any trouble from anyone when I attended the school where I would be the only African-American child in that school and the only African-American in that town. I also recalled my plight in being denied a position I was qualified for while being offered a position for which I had no training. I vividly remember the plight of the sanitation workers 
and other poor people fighting for equitable wages. Now, these are just a few of some of the personal and public injustices that took root in my psyche. Therefore, the more I got involved in the Black liberation movement, the more I saw myself gravitating to the message coming from the Nation of Islam. That message ultimately brought me into the nation, and I received my ex as a placeholder for my last name. Now, by this time, I was teaching African-American literature and creative writing at Temple University. My campus office was a couple blocks away from Muhammad University of Islam. I used to walk over there on a regular basis because the powerful message of the Nation of Islam on nation building, and we must have our own schools, we must educate our own children. I resigned from my teaching position at Temple and went to teach at Muhammad University of Islam and I later became the Directress of Education. While working at Muhammad University, I had the unique opportunity to meet Elijah Muhammad and have dinner at his house. When he died, his son Wallace D. Muhammad succeeded him in the leadership of the Nation of Islam. It was Wallace Muhammad who later changed his name to Waraf D. Muhammad, who gave me the name Arifah Shahid in 1975. As a Muslim in the nation of Islam, we were told that our ex was a placeholder for a name that would be given to us at a later time. So I went from my birth name to dropping my last name and replacing it with an ex, then to dropping that ex altogether and legally changing my first and last name to Arifah Shahid. I can now add Haja to my name because I have earned that title for making pilgrimage or Hajj to Mecca. So the evolution of my name actually parallels the evolution of Al-Islam in America for many African-Americans. As a person of African descent, my birth name reflected the years African-Americans were identified by the names of those who formerly enslaved us. Having been captured on the continent of Africa and brought to the Americas, Africans were so separated on the plantations that many of the original African names and cultural traditions were forgotten. Elijah Muhammad used to teach us that one day we would have our original names again. The names would speak to our attributes and not be connected with the lineage that dated back to those who enslaved us. So I was given the name Arifah, meaning educated, knowledgeable, learned, and Shahid, meaning to witness or one who bears witness to one God. Many Muslims who had not previously changed their name started changing their names after Warafi Muhammad became the leader of the Nation of Islam. He introduced the community to Al-Islam as a universal religion and removed the community away from the Black nationalist mindset and the study lessons of the original Nation of Islam. He dismantled the organizational structure of the original nation of Islam and dissolved it. He guided the community to following the Quran and the life example of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. With the universal framework provided by the Quran and the life example of Prophet Muhammad, African-American Muslims now had a new filter in which to see and interact in the world. They started to become more involved and numerous in all aspects of the American society from running for political offices to working in all forms of government 
as well as private and public organizations and businesses. They even became more visible by their names, form of dress, establishing prayer spaces in schools and businesses, adjusting their work schedules to be able to attend Friday Juma prayer, and taking off from work to observe Muslim holy days. Out of respect for the diversity that Muslims bring to this country, the Muslim tradition of breaking the fast during Ramadan is now celebrated in city halls, governor mansions, and even the White House. Even when appearing in court for jury duty or any other legal matter, Muslims no longer have to swear on the Bible. They only have to affirm that what they are about to say is truthful. It has even become commonplace for Muslims to organize and participate in interfaith programs. While the message of freedom, justice, and equality brought me into the Muslim community through the original nation of Islam, I evolved away from that community and accepted universal Islam through the declaration of faith that I bear witness that there is no God but Allah. And Muhammad ibn Abdul of 1400 years ago is his messenger. I now strive to live my life according to the universal message revealed to Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, and preserved in the Quran. With a full career as an educator, I now intend, God willing, to build upon my years of experience and translate these experiences into teachable moments. I intend to draw inspiration from nature and the creative environment. I intend to use writing as a means of enabling others to get to know one another through the power of story and other written genres. I intend to draw upon the rural background of my childhood years, the urban background of my adult years, and my spiritual journey to inform my writings. Every day that Allah blesses us to wake up, we are granted the opportunity to add to our legacy. I pray that my legacy gives me ongoing blessings after I leave this life. Assalamu alaikum. Peace be unto you. Thank you very much for your time. <laughs>